Well, it's been a little bit since we've done this. Uh, this is the Abibiter podcast, and uh, this is the last one, at least the last one that's covering the Abibiter franchise, um, because that franchise is over. We uh, actually ended it several weeks ago. Um, we are starting a new one, so that's fun. Um, but we wrapped up early. I think we did 28 seasons of uh, Madden football uh, with uh, the Packers and the Browns and Panthers and Chiefs and Patriots. Um, so on today's podcast, uh, we'll do a brief wrap-up on that. I, I kind of did that last time, but we'll do it again. Kind of talk about what each team was like. Uh, it's not going to be as thorough as we thought it was going to be maybe a few weeks ago. We thought we might do a retrospective, but I think we've all kind of jumped into the new one, and so uh, I'm not going to get a lot of audience participation like I had thought I might, but I will do that. And then also, uh, I had promised an investigative report uh, into the, uh, particularly the Chiefs and Patriots games uh, that kept stopping in the middle of the game and restarting the game over again. It's happened so many times. Uh, I promised I was going to get to the bottom of it, and I did. I did. And I will have that report in this podcast. There are shocking revelations. You do not want to miss that. Uh, but first, we'll get into the Abibiter wrap-up. So a broad overview of uh, the online franchise we were doing and kind of how it was going. I just want to tell everybody kind of how it went, how the results were, and kind of the characteristics and personalities of each of the teams. Um, so to uh, review for people who don't know, uh, because I know we have tons of people that listen to this podcast that are not uh, participating in this franchise, um, Alex ran the Browns. Uh, that's the A. Uh, the next letter B, uh, Brandon ran the Packers, Brian ran the Chiefs, Drew ran the Patriots, and Ryan ran the Panthers. And uh, I just want to kind of let you know how it went with everybody running those teams. Uh, so this league was dominated pretty much by the Browns. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. And I'm not going to look them up. They won more Super Bowls than everybody else by quite a bit. Uh, I think 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. Um, and, and it was dominated by the Browns. And to give you, well, I'll give you kind of the personality of each team in a, in a little bit. Um, they won the most Super Bowls. Um, the Patriots won two and a half Super Bowls. Uh, they won the first two Super Bowls. The third Super Bowl, because of some Madden glitch or somebody didn't hit finish game, we still don't know what happened. Uh, they had won the game during the game, uh, but then at the end, the records showed that the Panthers had won the Super Bowl. So uh, the Panthers ended up winning, I don't remember how many Super Bowls, but they kind of got a half there. and I think they got two and a half Super Bowls, and uh, the Patriots kind of got two and a half. But the Patriots really earned three, um, but technically they didn't get three. Uh, and the yeah, so the Panthers also got two and a half to three. The Packers got, I want to say, four, maybe five. Um, and the Chiefs did not make a Super Bowl. Um, so that's how everybody kind of ended up uh, as far as success goes. So the 
Madden gives you a legacy score based on, you know, your accomplishments as a coach. And so it went Browns first, then Packers, Panthers close behind that, Patriots, and Chiefs. And so that's how everybody ended up. Uh, kind of the history was the first three Super Bowls were, I think they were all three Patriots and Panthers. And like I said, the Patriots kind of earned the victory in all of them. Um, and the Browns missed the playoffs a couple years out of those first uh, three years. And then once they got their team up and running and, and figured it out, they went to the Super Bowl, the rest of the franchise, out of the AFC. So uh, other than the first three years, it was always Browns coming from the AFC, and then it was uh, always Packers or Panthers coming from the uh, NFC, if I remember right. I don't think the Browns ever played against a computer team. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Um, and a long stretch after uh, the Browns started going to the Super Bowl, they just kept winning them and winning them and, winning them, and uh, the Packers finally broke that streak somewhere in the middle of the franchise, and then it started to get broken up a little more. The Browns still won most of them, um, but the Packers won a few and the Panthers won a few uh, before it ended. So that's how it went. Um, the Browns took off, uh, really figured out the game, and uh, and then everybody else caught up a little bit and evened things up a little bit there at the end. So the the personalities of these teams, the Browns were kind of like the real-life Patriots of the last two decades. Utterly dominant, always going to the Super Bowl, almost unstoppable, uh, also a lot of dysfunction. Uh, you know, players not getting along with coaches, players being released, uh, allegations of cheating, all sorts of things like that. And uh, as we'll get into on our report later, some of that may have been justified. Uh, but they were most definitely the most dominant team. Uh, in the league. Uh, by contrast, the Packers in the NFC model franchise, uh, every player that went there became a better person after he became a member of the team. Um, these were people that were changing the world. They had players that were helping uh, develop the vaccine for COVID. Um, just a model franchise all the way around, uh, respected by everyone. Um, and then uh, the other team in the NFC, the Panthers, were really kind of the boring team. Uh, for a while, we're like, what? what is it about this team? Like, do we know anything about this team? In fact, other than a uh, truly great uh, pass rusher, Julius Brackett, I don't think any of us that played in this league uh, that's not a Panthers fan uh, could name another player that played for that team uh, at all. So they were just kind of forgettable, always forgettable, always boring. No stories out of Carolina, nothing interesting happening there at all. Uh, the Chiefs were kind of the Don Quixote of the NFL. Um, so they, you know, on this noble quest to get to the Super Bowl and just never really getting there. Um, I don't know if that's Don Quixote. I actually don't know the Don Quixote story very well from what I know of it. I think he's on some noble pursuit and, and he's never really getting it done. I don't know if he does in the end of the story. Is it a book? Is it a series of books? I think it's at least a book. Uh... But I think his pursuit is noble. So, you know, the Chiefs' pursuit uh, of the Super Bowl, I guess you could say that's noble. Uh, but just always trying, never getting there. And I have to say, as a real-life Chiefs fan, uh, I'm really disappointed that I never saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in this franchise, and I won't see them in the Super Bowl in the next franchise. That's really disappointing. 
Um, and then lastly, the Patriots. Uh, this was a team that knocked the fantasy draft at the beginning of the franchise. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, got a lot of young players that developed into studs. Uh, that's why they went to the first three Super Bowls. And uh, really talented team. And they always, throughout this franchise, had good talent. Uh, they would get pretty good value picks in the drafts and things like that. Um, but just plagued by poor roster management. Um, real big salary cap issues, especially around the 10-year mark, uh, when a lot of these great players that they, they had developed uh, kept coming up for contracts, and they kept signing them even though they couldn't afford to do it. Uh, and signing them the long-term contracts that really locked them in uh, and made it tough to uh, gather new talent or even keep the talent that they had. Um, so that was a big thing that plagued the Patriots. And then they also had a few issues trying to uh, adapt their schemes as time went on, as people caught up to them. Uh, and they were always moving their players from one position to another. Receiver to tight end, uh, middle linebacker to outside backer, to defensive end, back to linebacker. Uh, in fact, um, in our investigative reports, or in, during the course of our investigations, uh, several players said that they were dizzy uh, from how many times they've been moved around the field. Uh, so things, the over-tinkering and the uh, poor cap management really handicapped that team in the long run. Um, so those are the teams and kind of uh, how they worked uh, during that franchise. I'm trying to think if there's anything else real important to say, and I don't think so. Um, I'll just give you a little background before I get to the official report. Uh, one thing that happened in this franchise, and I think it started happening pretty early, uh, was that sometimes games would just stop, and they just vanish, and you'd have to start over and play it again. And sometimes that would happen five or six times in a row. And that happened for several of the teams, uh, but it always involved either the Chiefs or the Patriots. And when those two teams played each other, uh, that problem was particularly bad. Uh, it would happen over and over and over again. And, and it was very frustrating for everybody. Um, and it got to the point where those games just weren't televised anymore. Uh, in other words, we didn't put them on Twitch. Um, and so we couldn't see what happened during the games. So um, uh, me, as a professional, uh, trying to report on the games and, and the outcome of the games and how they went and everything, uh, I couldn't watch them, so I couldn't report on them. Uh, and beat reporters weren't getting back to me. I would ask how the games went, and I wouldn't get very good reports back, or most of the time I wouldn't get any reports back. Uh, so I was left to just kind of snoop around the Internet and... and go through um, rumors and message boards and all that sort of thing, social media, uh, to see how the game went. And I would find all sorts of crazy things. Like, uh, I think at one point early on, one of the first crazy things that I saw was that the Chiefs coach was streaking on the field during the game um, and had to be restrained and removed from the game. Um, and then a little bit after that, uh, according to the Internet, aliens landed on the field during the game, and it seemed like the Chiefs coach knew them. Um, some people thought that it seemed like he was interacting with them. Um, and then it, it got to the point where we just didn't hear anything at all about these games, other than they would be restarted over and over and over again. At one point, one game was even ended uh, 
prematurely as the Patriots were kneeling down to end the game, and the Chiefs had gotten a development trait they needed, and the game just blinked away, and uh, and then it was restarted. So this was one of the crazy things that happened in this league, uh, and I wanted to get to the bottom of it, and I spent a lot of time and a lot of resources investigating this, and the following report is what I found. Yes, that's right. This is a special report from the Abibiter Investigative News Team. Guys, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news. Um, this is in regards to uh, all that happened, basically, during the Abibiter franchise, uh, and particularly the Chiefs and Patriots games uh, that continually uh, just stopped in the middle of the game and then restarted. Um <clears throat> and we had talked about how there were rumors uh, that aliens had showed up in these games. And from the research we have done, it turns out the aliens had more to do with this than we thought. Uh, if you have paid attention to the news, uh, and I'm not making this part up, uh, the United States government has been talking about, they've almost admitted uh, that we have had contact with aliens. Um, they've admitted that they have weird metals that have come from outer space that have bizarre properties that they've experimented on. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I believe Nevada Senator Harry Reid at some point said he had seen documents, uh, about alien contact. Um, and the military continues to release files about UFOs, or I believe they now call them UAPs. Yeah, I think it's unexplained aerial phenomenon. Uh, I think that's what they call them now. I continue to release documents about that. And uh, in fact, there was a guy that used to be a part of the Israeli Defense Department who came out and said that uh, there is an alien federation and they have made contact with uh, governments on this planet and uh, we're aware of them. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that guy's having a psychotic break or if he's telling the truth, but there is, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news about aliens, and what I have found is probably the most shocking, uh, and yeah, it's the most shocking stuff yet. So, <clears throat> during the course of my investigations, I found that aliens have indeed visited this planet, and in fact, they have visited this country. Um, and what these aliens wanted is they were looking to um, make exchanges uh, with NFL teams to give them an, an advantage uh, and, and they would help give NFL teams an advantage and in exchange uh, they wanted to either perform experience experiments or uh, learn things about human culture. So <clears throat> what we found is sources within the Browns have told us that the aliens first contacted the Browns, and this was very early in our franchise, couldn't nail down exactly when, um, but these aliens made contact with the Browns, uh, and they offered two things to help the Browns uh, get an advantage. Uh, one, they had a limited supply of a alien type of steroid uh, that would pass all the NFL tests and, and make their players 
just better than everybody else's players. Uh, that was one thing they offered. And the second thing they offered was the ability during a game to bring that game to an end and time jump back to the beginning of the game and start it over. Uh, just like in that Tom Cruise movie, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which turns out was a documentary. Well, <clears throat> the Browns, uh, being shrewd, uh, decided to try the steroids. Uh, first guy they used them on was DK Metcalf, uh, and, it, and it appeared that they it worked, and they decided that um, they needed to lower the dosage. Um, and so, because it was too much with DK Metcalf, it was obvious he was on something. Um, and so they dialed it in. Um, but it was a one-time thing, so they spread it out over the course of the franchise, they said, okay, we'll take these doses and we'll ration them out over the course of this franchise. And they decided they did not want to be associated with the aliens anymore. They said, no thanks with the uh, resetting the game ability. We don't want any part of that. That sounds like more chaos than it's worth. Um, but we encourage you to go to the Chiefs and the Patriots and offer them um, this advantage uh, because in the Browns' mind, those were the only things stopping them from getting to the Super Bowl. And uh, so they figured, why not sow chaos uh, with the, the other teams in the AFC? And it looks like it probably worked. So the Aliens went to the Chiefs and the Patriots, uh, and they were both given the ability to attempt to restart the game when they didn't like how it was going. Uh, but it was a really kind of unpredictable ability. It was difficult to control. And the aliens knew that, um, and they gave it to them anyway because they weren't entirely pleased with what they got in exchange. So in the case of the Chiefs, what they got in exchange for giving the Chiefs the ability to attempt to restart games, uh, basically time travel or, or time jump, uh, what they got in exchange from the Chiefs was some Kansas City barbecue, which they liked, um, but wasn't enough to really train the Chiefs how to use uh, alien technology. And what they got in exchange for the Patriots, they gave this um, technology to the Patriots, and in exchange, uh, the Patriots allowed the aliens to run the New England Patriots' salary cap in order to learn human math. Um, and I don't think they completely learned it. I'm not sure uh, how successful that was based on how the Patriots' salary cap was managed. Uh, and so really successful gambit by the Browns. Uh, it threw those other AFC rivals into chaos. Um, turns out it, it worked pretty well. Uh, and it worked out for the Browns, too, because their teams were always better. Uh, what did the Browns... Uh, offer to the aliens in exchange uh, for the uh, kind of steroids that they got. Well, turns out what the Chinese government has been trying to tell us all along was right. COVID did start in the United States. And in fact, it started in Cleveland, Ohio. That's right. The Browns allowed the aliens to spread a completely foreign virus from this planet uh, to see what it would do to a human population. Um, so the Browns really made a deal with the devil 
uh, to get all their success. Uh, but it sure seemed like it worked out for them. And it turns out that the Chinese government was right all along. Not their fault uh, that this virus uh, escaped and swept across the globe. Uh, it's all the fault in the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so that's what my investigative team found. And uh, take from that what you will. All right. That's going to conclude the podcast for today. And it's going to conclude our coverage of the a bit better franchise. Uh, I am going to cover the new franchise, which I thought we might just call Jabibiter, because we added Justin and just added J to the beginning of it, but we're not doing that. Uh, it is SR4761, I believe. Uh, that's the name of the new franchise. I don't know if I can name the podcast that. If I can rename the podcast, I'll have to look into that and see if I can do that. Uh, and I don't know what that stands for. No idea. Um, but I, I am going to cover that franchise. I'm not going to cover it in quite the same way. Um, so in the past, we have done, we've covered every single uh, player development trait when they earned a development trait and jumped up to star, superstar, X-Factor, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to cover every single one. I'll mention ones that I find interesting or I think are consequential. We'll go over those. Uh, but I'm not going to cover every single one. I just don't have the time. I'm not going to recap every single game either. Uh, I don't have the time for that either. Um, so we'll just cover... I'm not exactly sure what we'll do. We'll cover whatever I find interesting, I think. Um, so if you... It, part of the reason uh, I was covering every single thing on the last franchise um, was I didn't want anybody to feel left out or anything like that. Nowadays, I don't care about that so much. So if you want to be talked about on the podcast, make your team relevant do something that's relevant. Um, so we'll cover trades, whatever, whatever happens. That's, uh, that's really interesting. And, um, I'll, I'll try to recap at least kind of seasons at a time, maybe. Um, and, and we'll see what else we can do. That's fun with the podcast. Uh, the next episode, uh, we've been doing the new franchise SR4761 uh, for a couple weeks already. In fact, we're done with the first season. Uh, so the next podcast, I'll cover the first season. And I'll also try to go back to our fantasy draft that we did before the first season where we all picked our teams and, and briefly go over that and kind of investigate how people went about building their teams and uh, what philosophies were behind that that are apparent from the way people built their teams, if there is a philosophy at all. Um, and I think that'll be interesting. You know, how do you go about trying to build your team? Uh, we'll see how everybody tried to do it. So that's going to be it for today. Thank you to all the loyal listeners. And sorry we haven't had one out in a while. But that'll be the end of the Abibiter franchise. Thank <music> you.